Miriam. Well, actually, Granny Keto, welcoming you to my podcast, Chew the Fat with Granny Keto. On my website, grannyketo.com, I have a page called Granny's Table with all my favorite keto recipes. I hope this podcast makes you feel that you are sitting at Granny Keto's table just chewing the fat. Discussing this and that, sometimes the science of keto, sometimes chatting with guests, sometimes just talking about the week's adventures, grandkids, how a recipe turned out, or challenges and victories, keto and otherwise but always friendly and casual, and welcoming you into my home. Pull up a chair and sit a while. So good morning, everyone. This is Miriam from grannyketo.com, and you are listening to the podcast, Chew the Fat with Granny Keto. And today we really are chewing the fat with a terrific recipe goddess. Ooh, <laughs> I, I don't know how to be. I've never been called a recipe goddess. goddess. <laughs> Her name is Nancy Childress, and she has a booming, booming Facebook page, Keto for Real Life People, a YouTube channel, and a website, I assume by that name, that is just, exactly, exactly yes. that is just, she started it last year, but she's been so, I mean, crazy busy with Facebook and YouTube that just now she's starting to grow her website. Um, all of her links, and Nancy, I didn't tell you, I also want a favorite recipe to post that day. My podcast posts, my podcasts come out on Thursday, as do my recipe posts. And I was trying to come up with recipes every single week, and I'm not quite the goddess that you are. And so finally, I got the brilliant idea of having to cut my own work only down to twice a month. And then every other week, I would have my podcast guests give me a favorite recipe. So if I if it comes out on if it comes out on Thursday every other every other week that I only have to come up with two and then my oh, guests come so up smart. <laughs> Brilliant. Because coming up with recipes every week is very difficult. Exactly. And the thing is, my husband and I used to own a restaurant and you'd think we'd have plenty. And he's Mr. Granny Keto is very good at ketofying all our favorite stuff. But I am not so much the recipe person um, or the the um, I don't want to say cooker, but you know what I mean? And so so part of what you you folks are going to find in the pro program notes is a favorite recipe. I'm going to, and I just sprung this on Nancy. She didn't know I was going to ask her to do this. <laughs> like what are, no, I'm, yeah. sure I'm sure there's something on the website already that I can pull and share and it'll be just fine. <laughs> <laughs> what are some of your favorite recipes? I mean, do you like casseroles? Do you like roast? And I saw you just got an you ear know, fryer. Believe it or not, for all the recipes development that I work on, that I do, I am one of the most basic people. My favorite food is bacon. I mean, I was I could put bacon in anything and enjoy it. Um, and I and I keep it simple most days. So, but I would have to say of my own personal recipes that I've developed. Uh, my my nutritional yeast bread, which tastes like real bread. Oh my god! Okay. Is my favorite. Um, right behind it, using that same recipe and a and a biscotti technique where you bake twice, you get 
authentic crispy crunchy cracker so it's like a two for one there or you can sweeten it with a little sweetener and add cinnamon to make cinnamon rolls oh my gosh or you can roll it flat if you want to use it for a pizza crust or make it thin so that you can roll it and do wraps so that would be i think is one of my favorites because it's so versatile you know, you can just adjust it here or there, and you can get bread and crackers and wraps and pizza crust. And wow. Bread from it. All right. I, well, not, I have to say this. It's a disclaimer, folks. It, it does not work in a loaf pan because it's not wheat flour. It's almond flour and psyllium husk. I was inspired by the diet doctor's recipe. I never made it. I never made his recipe. I just took a look at it, glancing on Pinterest, and I was like, well, that's going to taste really bland, and, and so I'm going to tweak it a little bit. And I immediately went into tweaking it. And, and it, when, you're, when you bake this bread, your house fills with the smell of real bread. It has that wonderful, the yeast is just for flavor. It's not, I mean, it's not activated. It, it is my joy, and it is the bane of my existence, this recipe. <laughs> <laughs> well, if... I get asked on YouTube all the time, like, you know, can you loaf it? And I say no, and I put it in the drop-down. A lot of people, in, I guess, that follow me don't understand the drop-down and reading the recipe is posted on YouTube. It's posted on my website. It's on Facebook. It's on Instagram. It's everywhere, but, you know... The, the the questions are can it loaf no won't boiling water kill the yeast no the yeast is for flavoring so don't worry about it what makes it rise what gives it lift is the egg whites the apple cider vinegar it, that's what gives it its little poof you know and i make them into buns i sometimes shape them into like little hot dog buns or i shape them into hamburger buns or i break them down into tiny little dinner rolls so but that's uh, that would be it. Followed by jelly. Everybody's like, or jelly. Uh, <laughs> uh, that is so wonderful. I'm not much of a baker. I think I think at the very beginning, one of my early recipes was a it was an almond flour bread that was seeded and all of that. And then I did something else and I shaped it into bagels. And and my only thing is like this does not taste like bread or bagels. So I'm really, you know, and I started throwing yeast into all my stuff, hoping that I get that magic going. But I think whether or not that's the recipe you share on the podcast, on the podcast notes, I'm definitely going into it for myself because I, I bought all this yeast and I'm getting nowhere with it. Well, I use a combination of yeast. I, you can put as much or as little as you want, however yeasty you want it to taste. Mm -hmm. I use about a half a packet of the active yeast. It, okay. It just yeast. It doesn't matter. It's just for flavor. And nutritional yeast. Now, that's where the title of the bread, the, the name of the bread comes from. I add a couple of tablespoons of nutritional yeast because it fortifies it, and it's just such a superfood. It, it adds a good nutty flavor. It also brings out some depth in the bread, but it, it fortifies it with all of our B vitamins and it's high in protein and it's just it, amino acids. So you can skip it. That's another question that I get asked all the time. Do I have to have nutritional yeast? No, you don't. But you're missing out on some really good nutrition and you're also missing out on some added flavor depth. I mean, you could get creative. I've used caraway seeds. I've used everything seasoning, bagel seasoning on top. I've even taken this bread, baked it, cubed it, dried it, made croutons, made dressing for Thanksgiving with it. 
Okay. It's very versatile. Okay, in that case, I'm definitely going to give it a try because this almond bread that I made, I it it came as part of a Thanksgiving dressing recipe. And it was horrible. It was just spongy and wet and horrible. So I well, am going to do yours. Again, I probably will make this the recipe that I share with you, seeing how we're having such an in-depth talk about it. But a lot, here's where the mistake comes. When you're using psyllium husk, and I use whole psyllium husk, but you can use, you can also use the powdered if you have it. Here's some information on psyllium husk. Now brand whole psyllium husk. I don't know if you have links you can pop, but you can share that with everybody. It's one of the only psyllium husk that I find that doesn't turn purple when it's being baked. Okay, Uh. a lot of people will buy it, and they're like, why is my bread purple? Because it's the brand, it's, it's, it's just, it's, it's the type of psyllium husk they're using. So I use now brand whole psyllium husk mm-hmm. and it has to have hot, hot water. And I put it near boiling. It, it's about 199 degrees. It's just below boiling. Okay. Um, and when you add it to that almond flour, psyllium husk mixture, you have to let it met, mix, mix well. I mean, let it go. Just let it go. And it'll start to look like, play-doh it'll start to be a little jiggly even because it's absorbed it once it's absorbed it you're going to end up with a really wonderful bread texture if you don't let it absorb you're going to end up there like i baked it for five hours and it's still wet and yucky in the middle so Uh after mixing that hot water and not letting everything absorb fully will give you yucky wet centers and then once you get that done then you add your egg whites and your apple cider vinegar and again i do it in like a batch you know like it's three egg whites so you just give it two to three little things and again let it incorporate and fully absorb so those that's it is amazing 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 bread and it is on my website it is on facebook it is on youtube it's everywhere and it is very versatile and if you're not a baker most people you don't have to be like i'm not a great bread maker myself Mm -hmm. i've always just admired people who could just bake uh, breads and cinnamon rolls and all that uh, but somehow some way this bread was just my that was what really took off for me on YouTube it was my my runaway recipe wow I came last April um, it took me a couple of times because I had to learn how to work with psyllium husk and once I got it up and running on YouTube it took off and I wouldn't call it viral but I would definitely call it Strong. It's over 215,000, 220,000 the last time I looked, views, and it's my strongest video. Right behind it, I, I came out with another video with tips, tricks, tutorials for those who had wet, you know, <laughs> who yeah. had, you know, different things. So uh, definitely worth trying. If you, you know, want to just have a burger or you want to make a sandwich or you want to make a meatball sub or whatever you know it's nice having that i don't make it all the time though right. i make it maybe once every two or three months because i'm keto i don't need a lot of bread it's just nice to have that option right and i have to well first of all folks now you know why i call her the recipe goddess <laughs> but i wanted to tell you that as a matter of fact i was on one of your facebook lives when i first found you when I first uh-huh. found you, and you were talking about five days on, two days off, or something like that, and oh, I re- 
And I remember asking you, does that mean that you don't eat keto on those two days? I mean, I was really puzzled. And you said to me, no, you keep the treats for those two days. You don't eat the treats seven days a week. And I think that was just a golden piece of advice. And and I think I hit click follow and that was it. And I've been following you ever since. But I yeah, I remember you talking about that and it made so much sense. It's one of the things it's it's like one of my base foundation pieces of advice. It's if you know somebody were to say, Hey, what are your top tips? You know, what would be your top three tips? That would be my number one, one or two, because I'm always about fats first. Mm-hmm. You know, it's important. People get so um, afraid of fat. So I love to explain and break down why fats are so important. And then secondly, the most important thing is to try to eat clean. If you're, especially if you're new to keto or you're considering keto, um, or maybe you've stalled because you've just become complacent in your way of eating. But I, I try to advise everyone, try to eat clean five days a week. Five days a week, eat as many singular whole foods as you can without as much processing, you know? You want to have just like, you know, a pot roast is, is a wonderful example of how you can have a rich, satisfying meal. You can you take those drippings and, and put some gravy to it, you know, and have some collie mash and maybe some green beans or Brussels sprouts or a salad or something. And you're using pretty much whole foods. You're not breaking it down into the casseroles and the uh, tacos and the tortillas because what happens is we, we tend to, without even realizing it, we start overeating dairy. And that's because it's very easy. I mean, if you're adding sour cream to everything, heavy cream to everything, cheese to everything, you know, yogurt, all of that, it, it has carbs. Right. And people can react. It can stall. And, and people have a tendency to put it in their cream, put it on their eggs, put it in, you know, shred it and put it on top of their salad. It's just always there. So I tell everybody, save it, you know, have steaks, have chicken, have salmon, mix it up, eat clean vegetables, eat clean proteins, and then make sure you eat pure fat. I tell everybody, please do not think your food is fat. Don't use food for fat. Use fat for fat. (laughs) It makes a difference. It really does. And for a lot of people who have stalled, and, and let me tell you, I have gone face to face with at least a hundred people who were struggling and I'll see their posts and I kind of, I can already kind of tell what's going on and certain people just touch my heart. So I want to, boom, I want to reach out to them and I want to talk to them face to face on Facebook messenger. And I, and they, and they're like, Oh my God. And I was like, okay, let's talk about this. Let's talk about why you're in a stall. Let's, let's see what's going on. 99.9% of the people that I talk to, um, have bulletproof coffees in the morning it's just a given and a bulletproof coffee is coffee that's either has butter mct oil coconut mm-hmm. oil heavy cream some people put all of it in there you know maybe some sweetener maybe some sugar-free syrups to flavor and that right there could be their number one issue really cut that out <laughs> Right. Those coffees can be three and four hundred calories each, which I understand the whole calories. I understand the whole calories don't count thing, but four hundred calories per cup of coffee 
and you're drinking two or three of them and you're not getting the food. You're, you know what I mean? You're it's not just, getting the nutrition. That yes, your body that's the needs. word. Yeah. And, and, and a lot of people don't realize that when you eat food, this I got from Dr. Heather off of KC Low Carb in Kansas. Mm-hmm. She, you know, she points out and makes a good case. If you're eating or drinking the same thing four days in a row, your body becomes very stressed. It will go into starvation mode. Mm-hmm. Because it's missing nutrients. It's gotten what it can from it. So if you're living on BPCs every day or just fat bombs every day, um, you're not getting your nutrition. Your body's going to stop. It's going to say, I have to hold on because we're not getting any any other sources. So it's good to mix it up. That would probably be my, my third bit of advice is mix it up. You know, eat pure fats. Eat your coconut oil and your butter and your bacon fat or your tallow or your ghee or your lard or avocado oil, olive oil. Get those good fats. Add them into your to your way of eating. You know, eat clean as much as you can. On the weekend, enjoy fathead pizzas or whatever your two days a week are. Enjoy your fathead pizzas. Enjoy your almond flour pancakes. Have a big old casserole. Make tacos. You know, make fat bombs. If you want keto cookies or you know, keto carrot cake, uh, save it. Enjoy those things a couple of days a week. But as in anything, moderation. Right. You know? But I'll tell you, but I'll tell you that piece of advice. When you said eat clean five days a week, it's like, well, what about the other two? And I think this is just absolutely (laughs) perfect way to describe it. So let me ask you, how did you get so wise? Like what brought you to, what brought you to keto? Okay, I, I know this is all going to be on audio, but you can see me for the moment. So yes. We call it this moment. Aha. Well. <laughs> She's patting her head, listeners. <laughs> it's a, I don't know that it's wise. It's common sense for me. Now, I. this kind of goes into my story a little bit. Um, my whole life has been about weight loss struggles you know <coughs> I, I my dad loved to cook he owned restaurants as well I grew up around food I grew up loving food but by the time I hit puberty and hormones weights and started piling on from the time I became a teenager onward and at the same exact time I started my struggle with weight loss of trying to you know diet and exercise and eat less calories and succeeding for a short period of time and then marrying and children until I was ballooned. It, 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 a few of my top weights were like 279 pounds at one point. Wow. Uh, then I carried about 250 for 10 years. And, you know, and then I, for a good 10 or 15 years, I brought myself down to about 215, between 205, 215. And that's where I've been. I'm 50, going to be 54 this year. So I spent my whole life struggling with this and um keto in the meantime i'm 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 trying to do research i mean before the internet was around i was reading books on nutrition i wanted to know everything there was about superfood i watched every diet doctor every guru i watched dr phil with his book i had everything so i and it and it's Raising five kids, I didn't have time to become a registered therapist or to go to school, nor did I have the money for that type of education, but I was still fascinated with it. Mm-hmm. So I absorb things like a sponge. That's all I can say, because it is common sense 
when you're doing keto, fast forward all these years later to 2016, I wanted to try low carb. I wanted to go back to Atkins. It was the one thing that I had tried a few times over the years that worked. Even though I couldn't quite stick with it, it was the most effective and it got me results. So in 2016, I started looking for a support group on Facebook. Um, and as I was looking for low carb, the word keto kept popping up and I didn't even know what it meant. I was just like, what is that? I know, I know what ketosis is, but what is this keto? And so, uh, I saw a, a 90 day challenge and it was by, her name is Maria now, cause I can't pronounce is her it last Emmerich? name. Is it Emmerich? Maria Emmerich? No, 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 no. Another Maria. Uh, oh, I, yeah, she did like the fat bomb book. Yes. Or yes, I know who it is. Yes. I'll put that, okay, I'll put did. that in the show notes. Okay. Okay, yeah, it's just pronouncing her name is, yeah. you know, a challenge. So anyways, she had a 90-day challenge up and running, and I joined it. And I had no understanding of really what keto was. I knew I was just going to eat a little more fat. And that's pretty much what I did. I really wasn't educated about it. But I was getting wonderful results. And mind you, it was just a challenge group. It wasn't, I wasn't part of her educational group. I didn't do a lot of stuff towards it. But I, what I did do was keep my fats high. And I, before you know it, I was down 33 pounds in two and a half months. And wow. it was amazing. And my inches lost were even more uh, a terrific. My size was amazing, you know. Um, now, I did make a mistake. I made a critical mistake. And because I didn't know and no one, you know, had told me, don't go off plan if you're a carb or sugar addict. And I really hadn't even delved into that yet, carb or sugar addiction, um, because everybody else was fat adapted now. We're fat adapted. So now you can have something off plan and it shouldn't affect you. Mm -hmm. Well, it did. It was the, the challenge ended off, I want to say, it was the day before Halloween. And I had gone trick-or-treating with my grandchild and my daughter, my grandkids, and she gave me some candy. I Mind you, I hadn't had any sugar in 90 days. Just a couple of little fun-sized candy bars, and then we topped it off with going to Mickey D's and getting, you know, a small cheeseburger, a small fry. And I thought, sure, surely I can do this. Mm. Because I'm fat adapted now, and I'm not overeating it. But it triggered me so hard. I mean, the next day I woke up, and I was voracious. I wanted carbs. I wanted, I just, it was like, I felt like I was being drawn ma magically to this food, and I had no way of stopping it. And I literally derailed. I derailed from that. I went right back to eating carbs after 90 days. I went right back to, you know, and, and, I, t and I told myself, well, you know, I, I was in panic mode, but I was like, well, you, you, you just got to figure it out. You'll deal with it come January 1st because now you got, you know, Thanksgiving coming up and now you got Christmas. There's no way you're going to get a hold of this addiction. So just start out January 2017. You'll be all right. I wasn't. Mm. I wasn't. I continued to eat carbs and I would try to reset myself. I just couldn't do it. So then what happened was I ballooned up to 250 again and i'm telling you i hadn't done that in more than 10 12 years it's been that long but that's the way addiction works you know it didn't just put back the weight that i'd lost on keto it took me even higher and so 
I spent the year eating and reading and researching. Right. <laughs> and, 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 and looking up my favorite keto doctors and, and people. Now, I did start looking for a new keto group because the other one was gone. Mm -hmm. She changed her format completely. Maria did. And so I found a group called Keto for Beginners. They are a humongous group. And it's sort of like there was nobody in charge. It was no admins, no nothing. It was a free-for-all of 130,000-plus people in there. And it was willy-nilly and all over the place. And But I was reading comments and doing stuff. And it was December 10th. And some lady posted a picture of a cheddar biscuit at Red Lobster. And she said, I'm out to dinner with my husband. I'm so tempted to eat this biscuit. Will one was will one be okay? And everybody, including myself, you know, were typing in comments. No, don't do it. You got this. Stay away from it. And the lady right below me commented, you know, it's okay. Don't beat yourself up. One won't hurt you. You can do this every now and then. And it, it hit me so darn hard. It... It threw me for a loop because I was like, what if she's a carbon sugar addict like me? Because that's what all I did. I just did one little thing, just one little thing. And here I am a year later, just miserable. And I can't barely breathe. And I, I've gained all this weight back. And now, you know, I can't even walk across my room because of my health. So I decided to go live in that group because... It was a crazy group. If you post something, it just got buried. It was just you know, like you were lucky. If some I was like, they're gonna they're gonna listen to me. <laughs> I was like, I have something to say. Oh, thank you. Um, so I did. I went live in that group. I I talked to them. I showed them my before and after pictures of how wonderful keto could be. But I explained to them to that that carb and sugar addiction was real, and I I knew firsthand because I had been there and done it and look where I'm at now and look how it was and the worst thing you can do is encourage somebody to go off plan don't 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 tell somebody that it'll be all right so I did this video I was in my pajamas it was Christmas you know and it, it took off I mean it, it, within minutes it had 6,000 and then it was 10,000 and then it was you know it just went crazy and then they started saying hey uh, would you be willing to start a group? Would you, would you consider just giving us advice? And that's how it came around about. That's how the whole thing started. Wow, Nancy, that's quite a story. And that that explains your large following. And at the beginning, well, you, at the beginning, you said, "Well, I don't know," but this absolutely is what you know is wild, and this is why. And no wonder everybody loved you. And I thought to myself when I did this, because I was like, okay, I will start it. But I still had a couple of steps to take. I, I explained to them, look, I've gone to the doctor, you know, all these years and never had health insurance. And so I finally, we had you know, health insurance. I said, I'm going, I'm getting my blood work done. Um, I want to talk to, I had an appointment with a gastroenterologist because I suspected that gluten was one of my major issues and I wanted that confirmed. And so by the time I had finished my appointments, it was December 28th. And I said, the group will start, I will get it up and running and we will start January 1st. We'll just all start together. We'll go on this journey together. And oh my gosh, the accountability that it's brought me is amazing. I don't know if I would have been as successful as I am right now, if it hadn't been for my group members and being 
feeling accountable and not wanting to let them down in any way. Right. You know? Um, so, and that's, and that's where we began. We started with day one. I, I format my group a little differently than other, other groups. Most groups have just whoever posts, posts. Mm-hmm. But um, I take mine a little bit serious. I take not that they don't take it seriously, but my my motto is no one is left behind. In order to ensure that people's comments or questions or concerns or whatever don't get skipped and people don't feel left out, I create a weekly post, and that post then becomes the thread of the week, and everybody can go in there and they can. Um, post recipes they can share non-scale victories if they have questions comments if they have a funny meme they want to share that way we everybody sees that comment you know share your progress Mm -hmm. um and then every week i shut that that thread down and i create a new post and we stay together you know it's worked out fabulously we we just started our second year and some of my people are i mean they're still there from week one now they're there for year two wow just continue to grow. Amazing. Amazing. So I don't even know how to follow. I mean, I had this Nancy all time. I had this list of questions and this is just going, you know, and I don't want to say elsewhere, but you know, you're bringing such richness into this interview. It's very, very, it's just very interesting. But so let me ask you something. So you just started, you know, you went into a group and you posted and then you, you know, you did this video and then people you know, then you started your page and people started going to your page. And I just wanted to ask you, like now you you were out for a little while. You had something going on with your family and Karen Ken Berry posted and Carrie Brown posted. And I know Jimmy Moore posts on you. How did this like not how did this happen? Obviously, I'm I'm meeting you here and I know how this happens. You're the kind of person who who welcomes this. But what I'm what I guess I'm asking is how did your your network like do you do you go to do you go to conferences? Do you I mean, I, I'm just amazed. I'm just amazed. I'm I'm talking from a point of amazement more than, oh, I'm just interviewing. I really want to know how this all happens for you. Well, it, I, again, it's just, all right, I'm going to, I'll put this out there because this is why I think it really happened. Okay. Um, way, way back in the late nineties, <laughs> I was at church. Mind you, I was probably somewhere about 30 years old, 29, 30, 31, right in there. Have five kids, husband's a truck driver. And they had a prayer and that special speaker. And this person came over and prayed for me. And this person spoke over me. And this person said that, you know, God had plans for my life and that I was going to be reaching out and helping people, but not just helping people, but I was going to be reaching out and helping people worldwide. And I will tell you, I'll be quite honest with you. I never thought much of it. I never forgot it, but I thought (laughs) I'm, I've got five kids. I'm just a housewife. And uh, I, and I, in my head, I was thinking preacher. And I'm like, and I'm not a preacher type of person. And da, 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 da. and I, I let it go. I let it go. And then fast forward, here we are, you know, 20 plus years later. And I start this group. And the very first live that I did, uh, somebody said hi from Australia. Somebody said hi from the Philippines. Somebody had said hi from New Zealand, Indonesia, the UK. And it hit me like a ton of bricks. 
that I was helping people because people were saying, thank you. Thank you. We needed to hear this. We needed this perspective. So in that sense of the word, this is where I think it is. It was meant to be. Um, I get to help people and that, that, that makes everything. Once I realized when it hit me like that, then I was like, I'm totally cool with doing what I'm doing. And during that first year, uh, I somebody asked me if I was going to go to KetoCon, and I didn't even know what it was. My, I didn't have time to figure out if I was going frontwards, backwards, which way, because the group <laughs> was floating all over the place. But somebody had asked about KetoCon, and it's here in Texas, Austin, Texas. Um, and my husband said, you need to go. And I was like, yeah, we can't afford that. He was like, you need to go. I think you need to go. And he was so right. It was a wonderful experience. That's where I met Carrie Brown. That's where I got to meet Jimmy Moore. Mm. That's where I got. Ken Berry is another story altogether. He was a new and upcoming uh, person. He had just written Lies My Doctor Told Me. Uh, he didn't have much of a social media platform. But through Colorful Keto with Dory, uh, she met him. And we're like keto sisters. And within two days, we started doing lives. So we all just kind of networked together. But when I met, what, what would you call the, the big keto celebrities? That's right, how I right. too, Because I was like, I was starstruck. I was awestruck when I met them. And you know, they're the most down to earth people. But they were also kind of impressed with some of my numbers. And they're like, how long have you been doing this? Well, at the time, I was going on six months. <laughs> <laughs> I was getting ready to roll over on 5,000 onto uh, my Facebook group, you know? Right. And so they had just encouraged me. They were just the most genuine, sweet people. It was really like keto family and anything that they could do. And I just, I've been able to keep up those relationships with them. Um, I've met, you know, Maria Emmerich is one of the most down to earth people, her husband, Craig, their kids. Um, I don't like to just want to name drop, but I met, so many good right and uh from there i went to my second conference was clear in october and that's it now this this year is a little different uh i am going to a conference in march in denver i am starstruck because i'm going to get to meet dr jason fun (laughs) get to i'm i i say that i don't know you know but i know my personality i will bully my way or find Looking forward to Dr. Jason Fung and Dr. Michael Eads and and uh, Tobbs. Uh, there's there's to me they're just I can't, I love their work. I love what they do and uh, so yeah I want their autograph and I want to get to meet them. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have to, I have to say going back to that day at church, I think that this obviously is a calling for you. And it's really, it's really wonderful that you didn't close down to that. I mean, this is just, this is just beautiful how you're describing it. And I think that everybody who's come across your path, probably that was already in the works. You just had to get, you know, you just had to get further down the road. They were already waiting for you. This is wonderful. Yeah, one of my favorite sayings with my girlfriends, who knew? You know? <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, you so listen, you talked about your keto family, um, all these, all of these wonderful people that you meet. But going to your family a little bit, um, and this is what made me uh, reach out to you, is that 
you know, I'm talk, coming to you as Miriam Hatoum, but really the persona of his granny keto. And so what, what, um, got me interested in is that you have your grandchildren, uh, you know, your, your daughter, I don't know if she lives with you or comes and visits or whatever, but you have a full house. You have your, <laughs> you have your five kids. How many grandchildren do you have now? We have 15 grandchildren. Oh my God. No. Okay. So listen, people, <laughs> you are not seeing this video. You must go to either her Facebook page or her YouTube page. I want you to look and I want you to get back to me and say, does this woman look like she has 15 grandchildren? I mean, not that you're doing the work of the 15 grandchildren. It's not like you have 15 children, but we had our two over this weekend for a couple of days and oh my God, they, <laughs> they left last night. I had to take a combination of Advil and Tyler and all because one alone wouldn't have been enough um i hate i hate to say that i have a bottle of vicodin left over from knee surgery but there have been days that especially you know and the baby and the baby now says grandma uppy uppy and i say well grandma doesn't do uppy and but you know he needs a diaper changed and you gotta pick him up and put him on the changing table and you know a few days of this and i'm where's the vicodin i'm done i'm done so i only have two but and they're little and they're little and i love having them over and it's fun but it's so funny i said to my daughter yesterday or i said and my son-in-law i said i don't know how i did this because my husband worked was in the restaurant business and we had he had crazy crazy hours and i said here i am with these two children that the grandchildren are exactly the same the same age apart as my grandchildren so it was like two and a half years between the boy and the girl. And I said, I don't know how, how did I do this? And my son-in-law said, well, you know, you were 38 years younger. <laughs> but, <laughs> it makes a difference. But be that as it may, be that as it may, how do you, how, so how often, I mean, at Thanksgiving, is there the whole family or do they live in different parts of the country or how do you deal with such a huge family? And of course, you know, I'm leading into and how do you cook keto meals and how do you cook? I mean, do you stay really sane? I have a really hard, <laughs> I have a really hard time. I mean, I only had the two for two days and I was already looking at the potatoes and the cake and the ego waffles. And I mean, how do you just stay straight and narrow with all that craziness? It's a mixture. It really is. There are times when I want to pull my hair out and I don't want to face it or deal with it. But 99.9% .9 of the time, it's just what it is. I grew up in a large family. I had a large family. And now my family. Now, I will say, I told all of my children, look, there were five of you. You were allowed <laughs> to have two children apiece. That makes sense. We'll double up. We'll have 10 grandkids. <laughs> they didn't listen. Of course not. <laughs> you know, we've got 15, potentially adding three more to the mix. Ooh. And uh, with my, my oldest daughter's fiance. Uh, so that would bring us up to 18 grandchildren. And my oldest daughter lives about 600, 700 miles away. She lives in West Texas. My second to the oldest daughter lives in California. Now, my three younger, my son and my two youngest daughters, all live locally. So we have nine grandchildren on hand, 
<laughs> I like that expression. I have nine grandchildren on hands. In case, in case you run out of any, I have nine on hands, and I'll give you a couple. <laughs> yes. Now my youngest daughter is living at home right now. Okay. Um, and she's got she's got her children every other week. And she has three children, too. So I get the grandbabies for sure every other weekend. Sometimes they come stay Wednesday through some t Sunday. Sometimes they're just here for a weekend or whatever. It just depends. But it stays busy. I mean, and then, then I have my outlaws and my in-laws. When we do Thanksgiving, okay? Oh, yeah. Now, this was the first year that I said no. I said, I'm done. I'm just done. And the, as my daughter would say, I'm weary. <laughs> <laughs> No, it, it's just we we downsized into the smaller home on this property, and it's just too small to have large family gatherings. And so I have always hosted, and not like it's used my kids. Uh, we've had usually somewhere between twenty five to thirty four people, you know, and mm -hmm. that's Thanksgiving or Fourth of July or Christmas or Easter or whatever. You know, they all come and. And if it's fine weather outside, it's wonderful because we've got plenty of property for them to roam around on. But when we get into the colder months and it's, you know, tight quarters, mm -hmm. it can be a little hectic. I started not, not being so happy. So. <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> them. Yeah, that was, that was fun because even though I didn't do a big keto uh, or a big family gathering, um, <clears throat> we had a wonderful keto Thanksgiving and Christmas, and everybody who just wanted to come by could come by, you know, and it worked out. I mean, I did a huge turkey. Of course, we had the gravy. We had cauliflower mash. I did the nutritional yeast bread, so we had dressing. I took fresh cranberries and made a cranberry uh, fruit salad, a cranberry fluff. We had uh, green beans with bacon and southern-style cooked. Oh, yum. Um, it was good. I made... I, I was so thrilled. One of my thrilling recipes that I'm really thrilled about was pecan pie. And it is authentic pecan pie, sugar-free, keto ingredients, keto approved. And my family could not tell the difference. They could not, they couldn't tell me which one was keto and which one wasn't. Oh, wow. Amazing. Amazing. So had, yeah. And, and, you know, we, but now I will say this, this is one thing, one of the things that I really felt strongly about, again, I, I guess, I feel strongly about carb and sugar addiction as, you know, maybe somebody who feels about drugs or alcohol. You know, I want to help people avoid the pitfalls. And when it comes to things like holidays or special occasions, um, people tend to go off track. They, they, they just want to enjoy the celebration. They want to feel like they're a part of or they think they can. So I had started planning in August of last year for the holidays for not only just for the holidays, but for fall, because you know, once that cold weather hap hits, what happens? Out the door goes grilled steak and chicken and salads and fruits and all that stuff. And in comes casseroles and pumpkin spice. Absolutely. I mean, I, mean, I think Walmart started selling pumpkin spice on September 1st. I'm like, it's still hot. <laughs> anyway, but we, I started planning this. And so we spent September, uh, October and November and December planning fall favorite recipes we did fat bombs in october so that we there was no reason to not have sweet treats you know instead of getting in your kids or your grandkids bag of chocolate have your fat bombs ready 
And then we just rolled it into November. We were ready for Thanksgiving. And then we turned it around and made Christmas candy and all the traditional stuff for Christmas. And my family, they dug it. They really did. My, my grand, my oldest grandson, he'll be 16 this year. His thing is fudge. Grandma, I don't care if they're here in the summer or the winter. He wants me to always make fudge. And so this year I did. I made one batch of regular just sugar loaded fudge. Mm -hmm. But then I turned around and I made keto fudge and keto caramel and keto uh, marshmallow fluff and just made a bunch of different things. And by God, when they left, he's all grandma, thank you so much for the fudge and gives me a kiss on top of my head. And he climbs in the car. I wave goodbye. He stole all my keto candy. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> they loved it. The grandkids loved it. So, it, you know, we go back and forth. There's some non-keto stuff in my house, but there's a lot of keto, and, and I'm leaning more and more now towards keto as far as if you're at Grandma's house, this is what you're going to get. I love that. I still haven't reached that point yet, and so there are the Eggo waffles and the, the Fruit Loops and all of that, so I, I'm going to take a oh, lesson from you. Oh, I got So let me ask you something. When you eat all these keto goodies, does it awaken cravings and and so that let's say you have your keto let's say you have your your pecan pie um and your fudge and all of that does it make it so that let's say everything in your house is keto oh let's say you okay. have tony the tiger so let's say does it awaken things in you like all of a sudden it's like you know 11 o'clock and you want a handful of tony the tiger no well see i don't eat the tony the tiger I don't eat off plan. I, I, my off plan eating came for the first time ever was Christmas day through the January 1st. I, I dabbled a little bit because I knew I was fat adapted. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't make cauliflower mash on Christmas day. I, I had it for Thanksgiving, but I didn't do it then. And honestly, I had so many people coming in and I'm doing, you know, pounds of potatoes. And stuff right. Like that. So I had a half a cup of mashed potatoes. I wanted to see how I fared. And and I didn't overeat them. I was proud of myself because I just had the half a cup serving uh, with my ham and vegetables and all that. But later that week, uh, what was it, fish sticks and French, French fry night for husband and the grandkids. And there was a couple of French fries and I ate a couple. And I was mm-hmm. like, why did you do that? They didn't taste all that great, by the way. Right. You know? And so I kind of did a, a little bit. And, um, oh, I keep getting this here. Let me, I do not disturb this long. All right. So anyway, I was, I felt like I was tempted a little bit. Not overly, um, but enough that it, it made me fearful <laughs> or cautious, however you want to put that. Right. And so... Now, as far as like the pecan pie goes or the jellies or the fat bombs or the cakes or the muffins, um, no, I don't feel like that, that's a craving. I Do I eat them if they're there? Yeah, I do. <laughs> but the wonderful thing about it, now, here, here's what I tell people. I was stalled. When mm-hmm. I started doing the fall series, I stalled. On August 30th, I hit my 70-pound loss, and I didn't lose or gain you know, I had the one or two pound fluctuation that you normally have for five and a half months. 
Wow. So okay. during that time, I was eating the casseroles with the dairy, and I was eating the fat bombs, and I was eating the cakes and the pastries and the candies and all that good stuff. Um, I was, and I was enjoying uh, my Thursday night social night with my family, where everybody, you know, drinks, and and I was drinking out. I drink wine or vodka or whatever, but I do it keto fied. Okay. Know, keto diet. So during that time, I didn't gain any weight, and that was my goal to get through the holidays. Feast, enjoy, eat, drink, and be merry, and right. not gain weight. And so I did accomplish that. Um, but what you do need to realize is, if you're you, if you live like that and you're trying to lose weight, it could be frustrating. So you have to kind of set it aside. Go back to that five days a week, eat clean, enjoy a couple of those things over the weekend on a you know two days a week, and realize where you're at on your macros and how to lower your fats and everything and balance off. Because once I did that, then I dropped another pound. It was like, here we go. Excellent. And let me just ask you something quickly, because you just mentioned macros. Another thing that I think I asked you on your Facebook page, I mean, you're with your, you're with your what is it, 14,000, 20,000 with all these people on the your website and most of us watching your live videos, by the way, every time they come on, you wouldn't answer, you wouldn't remember my question, but I remember my question. And I had said to you, you know, what about macros? You make all these wonderful recipes and, and, and so when you're eating yourself or doing recipes or whatever, where does, do you just look at something and say, this is a good keto meal? Or do you do macros or do you just throw them in every once in a while to check yourself? I get a lot of questions about where do macros cut Once you've been doing this for, you know, a few years and you're successful and like you, you have all these recipes, where does macros come into the picture? For me, macros, um, First of all, understand what macros are. Macros are your fat, your proteins, and your carbs. Mm-hmm. All right, so your your large macronutrients, and there's only three. I never once measured or counted my macros. I, I calculated them the very first time just mm-hmm. to see where I was at, and I think that's always a good idea. At the time I started, I was 247 pounds. You know, I was 52 years old. I put my height and my stats in, and I got a reading, and I was looking at about 120 grams of fat a day. I was looking at about 80-something grams of protein and keeping my carbs at under, you know, 25 net carbs a day. And that's all I needed to know. Did, did I spend time measuring, counting, or hitting that mark? No. I just knew that I could – I had lots of room to eat fat. I could eat my fat. <laughs> I would look at my, you know, I would look at my labels. I would say, oh, look, butter has 14 ta- uh, fat grams per tablespoon. So it's just the way my brain works. If For some people, if it's really important to you to, and it makes you feel good to track, mm-hmm. get a good carb tracker and use it. But for me, I just enjoyed fat. And I tell everybody, when you first start out, just enjoy eating fat, eat those fatty foods. Now, mm-hmm. once I got... My first year down, I changed it up a little bit. I'm not. I'm. I'm paying a little more attention. Why? Because I have lost that seven, uh, 71 pounds now, right. and I want to lose more. And what I needed to realize was that my your macros breakdown doesn't change. You always want to eat between 70 to 80 percent fat, and you want about 20 percent protein, and you want five percent of carbs or less mm-hmm. a day. Um, but what happens is, and I've, I've given visuals and I know we don't have a, a, this, you have to visualize this in your head now. 
So imagine a plate of food and there's three eggs on it and four slices of bacon and, and an avocado and maybe even um, a, a mug bread with butter on it, okay? And then imagine in another hand you've got a plate and it has two slices of eggs and two slices of bacon, a tablespoon of butter, and a half a sliced avocado. Both of those meals are macronutriently correct. Both meals are 70% fat, 20% protein, 5% carbs. But the difference is volume, all right? The one plate is loaded down. And that was me when I started keto. Right. I was loaded down with all this wonderful food, and it felt wonderful not to be hungry anymore and just full. Now I'm down to less calories. Now, some people will debate back and forth. Do calories matter? I think in the end run, it does come into play. Because if I was still eating that large amount of food, I would be just maintaining my weight, not losing weight. So right. when I lowered my macros or lowered my content of food, I, I brought it down. And a great example is when I started keto, I could eat a, a 12 ounce to 16 ounce ribeye and then have a salad with ranch and blue cheese all over it. And I would just gobble it up. Now I eat between six and eight ounces. I eat half the portion of meat. I still add that tablespoon of butter on top of it, though, because <laughs> that fat. I don't want to use my steak as a fat source. I want fat for fat. I so, love that. So I do. And once in a blue moon, um, I will use myself as a guinea pig, you know, and so then I'll pull out that tracker. Um, I was doing a fat fast for a couple of days, uh, two or three days, and I just tracked, you know, like waking up in the morning. I'm not a fan of bulletproof coffee or keto coffee. Everybody kind of knows that about me. But I do believe it's a useful tool. I don't think it is. I think it's overused in our keto way of eating. Like it's almost required, but it's not. But I do think it was a useful tool. So I started my morning with uh, butter coffee. And I didn't have to worry about MCT oil or anything. But I buttered my coffee up. And then later that day, I had broth with butter in it and then I had tea with butter and then I had coffee with butter and and I did that for a few days because I was trying to break the stall exactly and I was tracking how much fat I was putting in my body and guess what it was delicious and I felt wonderful flat energetic great did not lose one pound did not and I'm using my keto mojo and I'm you know I'm also monitoring my blood glucose and I'm watching my ketones and while my numbers were up there really high like optimal ketone nutritional ketones is between 1.5 and 3 and I was at 2.7 so I was in the zone and not losing a pound absolutely absolutely so basically what I did was I took my fat all the way down from 100 and up, down from 119 grams of fat a day all the way down to 94 grams of fat a day that's, and that's a lot, yeah. It's a huge drop, but guess what? I still feel as satisfied. It doesn't take as much food. I'm fat adapted. Once I did that and I, I started eating, and I didn't eat 94, I would aim for 94. If I went over a couple, I didn't worry. If I got close to it, great. But it's it isn't the definitive number. It's just the target number. And I put my protein at 75, and, of course, I kept my carbs below 25 net carbs. <laughs> And the scale moved, and my blood ketone levels, surprisingly, went, up. went from, no, no. This is I, this is the conversation I can't wait to have in Denver, because I'm going to meet with the owner of the company there when I go. 
I was curious that my number dropped. My blood ketone levels went from 2.7 all the way down to like 0.9, 1.2. They Which were is just still in, good. Well, what it, what it, for me, I'm not a scientist or anything, but I'm thinking what happened was instead of just my body using fat for fuel, it started using the fat on my body for fuel. And therefore, my ketone levels dropped, which was the better indicator for weight loss. There's a difference. I'm, see, I'm saying, I'm just saying it, that there's a difference <sighs> between nutritional ketosis and maintenance and using your, your blood ketone meter and watching that number drop because your body is now burning your ketones and in, in your fat. Steve? Yeah. Anyways, and that's how I do. I mean, I, now I'm t now I'm dialing in a little more. Mm -hmm. I, I'm into year two of, of solid keto, you know, and I, I want to learn as much as I can. And when I learn as much as I can, then I can pass it on. You and, you're, and you're a great teacher. I mean, this is this is wonderful. So anyway, Nancy, I just I'm, I'm almost tempted to say, can we do a part two, but I don't want to put you on the spot, but I'll talk to you when we're off camera. But, I'm okay uh, with part two. You're okay with part two? Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. Um, so let me ask you, because we're, we're about an hour here, so I want to, I just want to ask you, assuming that there's a part two, and there'll be plenty to talk about, is there anything you want to wind up with today that you want to make sure that you share? I mean, I'll have all of your stuff in the program notes, so everybody is going to be able to find you. But but something other than that that you'd like to wind up with and share? Um, I would love to just, you know, talk about the website for just a minute. Oh, please do. It, it's, it's it's my fledgling right now. It's my baby, and mm -hmm. it's been wobbly. It took me... Oh, let's see. I started it on in March, but I'm very technically challenged when it comes to computer stuff. So um, by the time I, I finally decided to pay somebody to do it. <laughs> <laughs> That's a big step. That's a big step. I got it up and running. It's ketoforreallifepeople.com. It's very basic. It's not finished, but it's it's functional right now. And it it's, to me, the place that I want to end up putting all of my recipes together in one place. Mm -hmm. Again, they get they get lost and they get um, forgotten on Facebook. Uh, that's where my biggest social active activity goes on. Um, and I don't have everything that's on Facebook on my YouTube because I only can do so much on YouTube as well. So for me, the, the website is going to be the place to go if you want recipes, um, if you want tutorials. I mean, there's links to everything there. So when you go visit the website, then you can say, oh, she's got groups. They're linked up. That She's got YouTube or Instagram or Twitter or even somebody even linked me up to allrecipes.com, which I just haven't had time to start loading that up. I don't even know if I want to. But that's where I would like to, you know, encourage everyone to go and check it out, please. And I love feedback. There's, you can sign up. Now, I did take a hiatus. I took a little time off. I had to take some time off from the weekly meal plans um, for, our, for our family situation that was going on. But I plan on going back to them this week. And usually they come out on Mondays, but I'm even going to revamp that release date and maybe start pulling them out on a Friday. Um, but they're going to come back out this week. 
And so you can sign up, you can leave comments, you can get feedback, be part of the community. Um, I just encourage everybody to go. And when and when and when I'm working on a cookbook, and so when that, you know, comes through, then you'll also be able to get access to cookbook. <laughs> oh, Nancy, this all sounds wonderful, wonderful. So anyway, I'm going to wind up here, but... You heard it, folks. I got a promise of a part two. And please, this is this was just wonderful, Nancy. I want to thank you so much for taking time to do this and taking time out of your day. And just thank you very, very much. It was my pleasure. It was fun. And I have to say, this is my very first time ever doing a podcast. So no I'm way. honored. Yes, <laughs> I've, never, I've never done one. So. <laughs> well, this yeah, is wonderful. It was, it was really I enjoyed it. It is. It's just, and this is why I picked the title, Chew the Fat with Granny Keto. Because, I mean, we talked about, you know, it's not serious stuff, but, you know, really. the. But it's just sitting and two gals talking and I just, you know, chew the fat. So <laughs> thank you, everybody, for joining me with, with Nancy Childress on Chew the Fat with Granny Keto. Please make sure you go to her website. Keto for real life people. It's the same. Okay, so this is the name that's for everything. So it's your YouTube channel. Yes, I kept everything. It's keto Perfect. for real life people.com, on Twitter, on Instagram, on YouTube, on Facebook. I have keto for real life people uh, page. You know right. that is my main page, and then followed by keto for real life people group. And then there's also, and it's in the process right now. I've got KFRLP which is a 90-day eat clean challenge. Oh, nice. It's a personal challenge. There's no prize for the person who win, loses the most. It's just some, a place for people who are committed to wanting to eat clean. And I might even change that just and just leave it the eating clean page. So, yeah, check it out. Uh, really, this is just wonderful. So you made it easy for everybody. Everybody, keto for real life people, it's everywhere so and i and i really i'm i'm really touched by your story about you know how how you were told that this is what was for you and you did it and just thank you very much nancy oh you're so welcome miriam <laughs> I, I i the pleasure was truly mine i enjoyed it very much okay thank you bye-bye bye-bye ask that you leave a review on iTunes to get the ball rolling. Also, be sure to like my Facebook page, Granny Keto LLC, and visit my website, grannyketo.com, especially to sign up for Dancing with Keto. I also have a YouTube channel with informative videos that you might find a little different from other channels. After all, have you ever seen a belly dancer in costume teach you about keto?